Welcome to How to Japan, a podcast where two guys from two different countries talk about life in Japan. I think it's time to get things started. Sir, how are you? Oh, wow, that's quite a quite a term to be addressed by the <laughs> sir. I think I quite I, I quite uh, deserve such an like an honorific. Um, I, I, I'm doing I well. Mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm doing well too, thanks. Although you didn't ask. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just took it as a as granted. Like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You're fine. Go fuck yourself. We're all fine. <laughs> nah, come on. Hey. Uh, but, but this is yeah, another so, one of the uh, episodes where we are talking about a classic Japanese movie, which I had never seen before. Yeah, I had never seen it, and I didn't even know about it, and I'm happy to know about it. I think you're pretty good at doing a synopsis. I don't want to put you on the spot, mm. but would you be open to doing a synopsis of this movie, The Hidden Fortress? You know, that's what also one of my pet peeves. You know, we yeah. like oh, we we've discussed this before about how yeah. much we should reveal at the beginning. Mm of the podcast where we talk about it in kind of sweeping generalizations and we give our yeah. thoughts and then we go into spoilers. Yeah. But then, but then I know in IMDB, they've got like this, you know, they've got a synopsis of the movie and sometimes yeah. the synopsis just gives away everything. Everything. Okay. Well, but, I have but a in little, this case, yeah. okay. But in this case, all right, uh, this is the IMD um, summary. Okay. L- lured by gold. Two greedy peasants escort a man and woman across enemy lines. However, they do not realize that their companions are actually a princess and her general. I mean, I mean, that's it. So that's a fucking that's a spoiler right there because I had yeah. no idea that they're going to, they were a princess and a general when watching mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know the main motivations of the peasants at the beginning. But I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, this is kind of too much. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, they don't. Yeah, that's a there's a, that's the twist, you know. Right. Yeah, that's a twist. I, and you know, I was trying to, like I said, I was teaching uh, students uh, movie language, and I taught them spoilers. Like, if you're going to give a movie review, like, what well, what is the spoil and what is not? And um, I think some students found it hard to identify. Mm. what exactly a spoiler is. And I think it's just because the way people talk about movies is usually in a, in a very specific language and a very specific detail that oftentimes uh, reveals things that they, sh- that m- some people wouldn't want to have revealed. Uh, but yeah, I think it's difficult to talk about a movie in general sweeping terms without s- giving away some detail. If it wasn't already clear, we're going to get straight into spoilers, right? I mean, I've yeah, already yeah, given yeah. away the movie, so I'm yeah. sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I can give some. Uh, I, too I, much. I can give some general sweeping general uh, general sweeping generalizations. Yeah, well, it's too late. Uh, you should have started. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what you think. <laughs> do or, it. Okay. You know, the general. I never asked anything. you how you were, and now you're going to hold that against me throughout the whole yeah, episode. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You know, I'm just going to go into it. Do it. First of all, I was happy to see 
Takashi Shimura Watanabe-san from Ikiru in the movie. Uh, he was playing a less titular role, but no less old guy. And I think he did a very good job as an old guy, if I must say. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a lighthearted piece. Period piece. It's a period piece that's lighthearted, which you don't... I mean, so I guess sometimes you see that kind of thing. But, uh, and I think it, it definitely veers away from Ikiru, which we watched a few weeks ago from the, the heavy uh, life themes and meditation on life's tribulations. And I felt it had similarities to cowboy movies and where there's a strong male protagonist. And of course, there's horses in it and that makes it fun. But I also think that it veers away from corniness. Even though I mean maybe some people might view the ending as corny, but I I think it 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 veers so enough away from corniness to to have to have it be a overall solid movie. Uh, I think the scenes are action scenes are beautifully shot. The editing was wonderful, um, and the timing and the building of tension was great in the battle scenes. Fun and tense. That's what I really thought. The stunts, the sword play, the horse riding. Come on. It was fun. Mm. And there was also some humor in it. And I think that was kind of unique compared to some other movies that I've seen by Kurosawa, notably Rashomon and Ikiru, Dodeskaden, which is a later movie that he made, in, I think, in 1970. So it was one of these fun, rollicking movies. It, it was that was just uh, enjoyable to watch. However, I did watch this movie without subtitles. I rented, we talked about it, and I said, oh, I could rent it. And when I went back to the Amazon.com thing, they wouldn't let me rent it because I'm in Japan. So I had to go to the Japanese Amazon, and they don't even have Japanese subtitles for it. So how I watched the movie was this. I sat down with my wife. She sat down next to me because I was sitting she I you know I, I wouldn't want to have her stand and I was sitting we were watching the movie together and I would pause it every 20 seconds and say what'd they say <laughs> what mm. they say <laughs> so that was my viewing experience because when you hear them speak they speak like this that's how they talk they, it's mm -hmm. so hard to hear anything uh, but aside from that I I really enjoyed all those types of things so that that's my general. How, but how could you vision. enjoy like the editing and everything else in the movie if you're constantly stopping it and asking your wife to translate shit on the screen? Wouldn't that interrupt the, the flow of the scenes, movie? Yeah. And because when I'm talking about the editing, I'm talking about the action scenes. Ah, right. Oh, which don't require any of that. In any case, I I don't know. I I enjoyed it even when I was stopping. I mean, I would stop over, mm. ask, and then we continue. I didn't really feel like it ruined the flow of the movie for me, strangely mm. enough. I okay. think it's because my wife uh, w my wife really enjoys explaining things to me. <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so it's like she really gets into it. And what I also learned was sometimes when I stopped that movie and I asked her, what does that mean? She's like, I have no idea. Wow. Okay. So, so she even she needs subtitles. Yeah, she needs subtitles for this movie so, at, at certain points because of the um, the language being used and then the speed at which the the gruffness of the of the the accents 
also right. made it difficult uh, for even viewing of for a Japanese person. Mm. So I don't recommend it as a movie to study Japanese from. If you want to study Japanese, don't choose this movie because it's well beyond even most Japanese ears. So uh, it's not one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that was my that was my synopsis without saying too mm. much. When you said to me before we watched this movie that it was the inspiration for george lucas when in making mm-hmm. star wars yeah. that was a that was a spoiler for me uh-huh. that was a, <laughs> it was like something i, I couldn't get past <laughs> after watching it because the opening scene we see uh-huh. these two peasants who because i already know because he told me that you know george yeah. lucas was heavily influenced by it um mm-hmm. and it, it was it was obvious that these two peasants were the two droids from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They were R two D two and C three PO, and and just from that point on, I was uh, I didn't want I didn't want it to be the case. I wanted to treat it completely objectively. But you can't, at least for me, I can't watch movies in a vacuum. I'm always mm-hmm. just subconsciously drawing upon like other movies, and in this case, I knew that. Uh, without even being aware of it, I was just picking up on all these different uh, influences that, which obviously I mean, impacted yeah. Uh, George Lucas. Yeah, of course, and that's what's fun. But uh, for me, that's fun. Well, we have different it, different ideas yeah, and com- fun. Complete, yeah, completely opposite viewpoints here. I think it's incredible that people can be influenced by different movie makers from all around the world, and this has been happening for decades upon decades if you talk about um just watching a little bit about kurosawa's life he grew up watching western movies he hated japanese movies so Mm. he grew up watching silent films of hollywood silent films and then the cowboy movies and all these things and that adventure type of movie and so he was heavily influenced from that perspective and so George Lucas, I watched this other video on YouTube, uh, Film Schooled, and they, they talk about how the reason why George Lucas loved Kurosawa is because the Kurosawa and George Lucas as children enjoyed the same exact type of movies. Mm, mm. So, of course, they would share a common interest and a common way of making a movie in the future when, when they are adult directors. And... I found that very, very interesting that, you know, they're constantly building upon each other. Like, it's not just George Lucas taking from Kurosawa. Kurosawa is taking from directors that came before him. Right. Just like certain scenes, uh, for example, the scenes where Mifune is beginning the action sequence on the horses. And he the way he jumps onto the horse... It's just mm. a classic. It's almost like a Heyo Silver, like a, a television, weekly television serial. Uh, what the hell is that name of the Heyo Silver in a way? The Tonto guy. Uh, mm. The Lone Ranger. Right. It was very Lone Ranger-esque. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way they jumped on it and the horse riding and all the technique that's involved in all that. And of course, Lone Ranger was something from the 50s, but obviously Lone Ranger has its own historical connection to other older Hollywood movies that included that kind of uh, horse stunts and things like that. 
I found it incredibly fulfilling and enjoyable to watch how everything is so interconnected in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the uh, the issue ha- the issue I have, and this is mainly due to how resistant I am to the idea of watching trailers for films mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's strange to draw parallels between. I know trailers in 2020, and uh, and how this movie, how Star Wars was influenced by this, um, was it 62 year old movie? But I just miss the genuine surprise I used to feel when watching a film, and Uh uh, and I didn't. I mean, there there were you know there, I guess there were a couple of surprises. Um, One of them was already spoiled in reading that IMD description mm. but uh mm-hmm. luckily i didn't read it before watching this movie but mm-hmm. i feel i just feel that the number of times that i've i've gone into a movie i want to i want to go in it completely blank without knowing anything about it and then making my own judgment upon that movie with only a few key criteria so the name of the movie mm-hmm. the it, it doesn't even have to be well, maybe a genre may, might be okay. A genre, uh, the name of the movie, and the director. Those are the mm-hmm. only aspects of the film that I want to know about. Mm-hmm. Or maybe an actor. But everything else, yeah, the, the fact that I, I went into this movie knowing, knowing that George Lucas had so much inspiration from it, just, um, yeah, it, it ruined my enjoyment of this film. I mean, it makes me <laughs> remember. Do you remember when you recommended that Tarantino movie? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. And you spoke really highly about that movie, and yeah. and I went in and watched it. And okay, so I'm going to spoil this. So for anyone who wants to watch, watch this Tarantino movie. Um, yeah, please stop and uh, you know come back, give us like five ten minutes. But but yeah the. After going in and seeing it with my Japanese girlfriend, we at the end of this movie we were shell shocked. We were stunned at how terrible it was. And I mm. and I looked at her. She looked at me, and we 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 just couldn't believe it. And I thought, what the mm. fuck am I missing here? I've had multiple mm. friends recommend this movie to me, and maybe I'm not getting it. Mm. And I like Tarantino. I like many of his movies. Uh, mm. Jackie Brown being one of my favorites, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie I just uh, just didn't register uh, mm. at all. It had no resonance right. for me. And then I realized after after talking to you mm-hmm. that there was something missing, and what was missing mm. was the fact that you needed information beforehand going into the movie. You needed to know about. The Tate murders, you know, the Sharon Tate being murdered in 1971 and the Manson murders. And you need to know all this history before going into this movie to fully appreciate how Tarantino subverts your expectations. Mm -hmm. But if I've got nothing to subvert, then it's just a piece of shit garbage movie, (laughs) at least in my mind. It just didn't Mm. make any sense. I couldn't appreciate the, the story, the plot the you know the ending uh, it was really frustrating so so the reason i bring that up is because this is an example of going into a movie and not having any information mm-hmm. and that ruining my experience so this is an exception to the rule i think in mm-hmm. most i think in most other cases i uh, i guess i want to have my cake and eat it too 
I want to mm-hmm. go into a movie as well without any prior knowledge about mm. the subject that they're tackling or, or needing to know about historical elements um, and and appreciate that movie on its own terms. Um, you mm. know, treating, uh, you know, telling a, a fictional story. So, mm. so that's why what I couldn't get my head around when watching Hidden Fortress. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was being shortchanged because I had already seen many of the, uh, you know, the devices which Kurosawa was using. I've seen it done many times before with other modern movies. So I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. Yeah, reconcile this this element, and maybe I'm just being too harsh. And and I think you're right. I, I've just got to uh, treat it for what it is, and and um, and and look at it as a fun movie watching experience. Looking for all those references or, or how it's inspired all these other modern movie um, directors. Also, I I would say, you know, film is an art, and all art forms have a lineage that they follow. So the the greatest art forms are the ones that build upon the past. You think about painting from the 1800s, what led to Impressionism? Or going back to the Renaissance, what led to the neoclassical painting? And those build-ups and how things changed and and they said, okay, this is how we're going to add on to this element of painting. Or this is how we're going to change things, but keep it the same. All these tiny little innovations that come along. Uh, and in movies, when we started out from, from a historical basis, right, the early 1900s, there was just very still camera work and maybe a cowboy in the scene. And then we go to D.W. Griffith's uh very highly racist, but, uh, you know, a landmark in editing and film technique, uh, uh, movie, which <laughs> the name is not coming to my, to my mind very quickly. And then we moved to the early 1920s where we have Soviet cinema and we have these guys like Pudovkin and Eisenstein who sit down and actually theorize on montage and how, how, uh, movies should be put together which ultimately led to a lot of propagandist films, but also formed the basis for what future directors uh, would use in order to make more highly effective films. Then we move into the 30s where we have sound and people can actually have dialogue that people can hear. And so all of these things start building upon each other, not just the technology, but the storylines and the, the characters and each little by little, each each decade brings something else. And so when we watch a movie now, it's it's of course a lineage of the past. But there's always going to be something added on top of that, which is specifically of its age. And as we move further into the future, it'll be other movies, and hopefully that the bloodlines of of Kurosawa and Eisenstein and Scorsese will be be the, the, the life force for new movies. And we'll be able to see all these intricate uh, ways that they have been intertwined into what we create in the future. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's that's how I truly feel. Yeah. I I don't think that we can really look at art as being something that is unique in and of itself. Because there's so without the history of the of that lineage, it's just something that is it may it can't stand usually it can't stand on its own. So yeah, that's I'm why not. There's so uh, much. Yeah, I, I agree with you it. about that. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that I wish I went into this movie without knowing that it influenced one of the the directors who made. Well, then I, I have the to most, apologize. Most pieces of uh, movie cinema that I watched hundreds of times growing up so it's impossible for me to remove that to you know extricate myself from 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 being a star wars fan and then transplanting myself into um, a, a whole different uh you know a whole different experience of trying to appreciate this movie for what it is mm. uh, i don't think it's fair to to judge a movie you know well for me anyway I, i'm not talking about everyone i know mm-hmm. we all we all treat movie watching it's all a very subjective experience but just in mm. my case i hate spoilers i hate knowing anything about a movie and so knowing the fa- knowing the fact that george lucas was directly influenced by him it just made me uh, yeah i don't know I don't, I don't think i i think i would have appreciated more if i hadn't known if i hadn't known that and then i you know making the the inferences myself being able to to finish that movie and think, you know what, that looks a lot like Star Wars, but that was a mm-hmm. great movie. And now, you know, I'm, I, I would be surprised if Star Wars wasn't influenced by this. But yeah, but I couldn't have made that um, discovery. I couldn't have made that discovery on my own. That's all I'm trying to say. Is I, well, then I, I have I wanna, to apologize. I, no, it's not your fault. No, because I've no, read. I read it. No, I but you. I read it somewhere. No, oh. but I. Re- <laughs> I you told you, tell you. Me. <laughs> but but I did I did remember reading it somewhere when I was growing uh-huh. up but uh-huh. but anyway yeah it was just a uh, yeah it's something which I have to come to grips with it's mm. just my own yeah, well I'll tell up, you what uh, do you, mm. uh can I tell you what other movie it, I I I had my own uh, you know non Star Wars realization Conan the Barbarian Oh yeah. Conan the Barbarian was co-written by Oliver Stone and John Milius. John Milius introduced George Lucas to the film. What scene in Conan? Can you maybe you you you, you like Conan? You like the original Schwarzenegger? Uh, yeah, I don't movie? Remember, Yeah, not uh, okay. I, I remember watching it like uh, like, okay. one, like twice, like once or twice. Okay, up, well, but. this is a film that I saw with my family when I was six years old in the movie theater. Okay, <laughs> family viewing. Uh, the most memorable scene for me in Conan the Barbarian is the mirror scene where it's the maze of mirrors and he can't find where exactly his enemy is and he keeps circling and circling around and he starts smashing down the mirrors over and over again to finally find who where his enemy is and that's exactly taken from <laughs> Hidden Fortress yeah it was kind of it was really i was like holy shit i haven't seen it mentioned that i just putting the the dots together okay wait a second that's another one that uh was used yeah of course in 1950s it was just cloth a cloth maze of some sort Mm. and mifune and his uh counterpart are tearing 
down the cloth with their swords. Mm, mm, mm. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. John Milius co-wrote that. Okay, that, that's where that's coming from. I thought that was kind of fun. So I think uh, also the amount of skin being shown, I think that's uh, from Conan the Barbarian. I mean, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is pretty naked the whole movie. And so are the two peasants. Man, they are naked a lot. I mean, they're like nine tenths of their bodies are just oiled and they're almost like oiled up from sweat. That's how like uh, very, very naked there's like it's there's nothing appealing about their bodies. It's just like, boy, if this was like a woman, I, I think people would be going nuts. <laughs> they're well, just even, like the, these... even the woman <laughs> was dressed for the for the period. I mean, she's wearing like yeah. short little little shorts. Yeah, I don't think for the like period that wasn't really done, was it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's it it seemed like she, that her getup reminded me of something like you know someone in the a girl in the nineteen eighties would wear to do aerobics, like mm. it's just like the, the yeah the very short shorts type of thing going on. Um, I also liked her stick. That was I people were scared of her stick when she pointed it at people. It's mm. like. Huh. And I was like, that's a stick, isn't it? It's not a sword. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess uh, she uh, wielded a mighty stick when she was uh, angry and trying to make a point. Yeah, well, no, you know what? I want to yeah, take back a lot of, of what I said because I don't think I was being fair. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. the movie deserves the, um, you know, having someone like me not enjoy the experience because of the many inspirations other directors have gotten from it or like George Lucas mm-hmm. for example I don't mm-hmm. yeah so I I think the more the more movies we'll see the more I'm going to I guess get used to it mm-hmm. get used to the fact yeah. that there's no other way to watch classics because these were the foundations on which mm-hmm. many of the movies I love today were based mm. on. So, mm. yeah. So, forget forget what I was saying for the last fucking twenty <laughs> minutes. Hey, it's a nice conversation to have. You know what? I think it's a conversation that most people don't have about this movie. So it might be actually more unique than other movie reviews because we're actually having a conversation about how we feel about watching the movie rather than just trying to link it up all the scenes to Star Wars. Mm. Or talk about how great Kurosawa is. You know, everyone knows that. And everyone knows that it's linked to Star Wars in many different ways. But how is your viewing ex- experience affected by those connections is probably a more interesting and novel way of talking about the movie. That's very nice of you to say. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm just trying to blow smoke up our asses. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> so yeah well let's get into the movie then so we're okay in terms of the overall movie the mm-hmm. uh, the story itself it's um it is an adventure movie yeah uh definitely and like you said lighter lighter than ikiru which is very heavy in themes but this is yeah. this is a lot lighter but still by modern adventure movies still quite mm-hmm. heavy because yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, they're they're facing death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah, she's got to yeah. get beheaded if she gets caught. <laughs> and they make it very clear yeah. in the earlier on in the movie that her and double got got her head chopped off. <laughs> 
there is a, also that like fade over of her face when she's crying for her country with the the heart the the uh, moon oh yeah the moon yeah. flag that's almost like propaganda mm. <laughs> uh, uh so that yeah i think there's uh many situations where well, yeah it could be considered heavier well speaking mm. of her i mean speaking of the princess i mean i mm. we we see we first see her where mm-hmm. she she makes an appearance and the the peasants see her along with uh, the general, mm-hmm. um, what's his name, Maka, Makabe. So Makabe yeah. see, sees her, and and uh, and then she's she escapes. She runs away from mm-hmm. from him, and mm-hmm. all I'm thinking is, okay, so I have no idea who she is because I don't know the movie. All I know is that the only information I had was that George Lucas was influenced by it. So so I had no idea mm-hmm. that she was actually a princess. I was right. this woman turned up, and then it looks like that uh, Maccabee is trying to chase her, mm-hmm. and the two peasants are, you know, talking about, you know, the way they act, you know, the lit- lecherous way in which they see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, that's a girl. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in the sense of they aren't robots. So, and they've been torn away. They've been basically thrown into the man's world for so long. And it's like, it's a girl. So yeah. they they don't even, it's not, I don't even, I didn't even consider that creepy as much as childlike. Mm. Like they're just like, does it? Does it have feelings? Well, they do try to. <laughs> they do try to catch her. I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, I don't true. think it's any childlike quality about what they would do if they did catch her. <laughs> I guess so. I, I mean, you're right. I, I just, I just think they're so innocuous. But I mean, maybe if this was a, a more realistic movie, they would have done things that we would not have liked to watch. Yeah. 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 What did you think of her, though, as a character? I found she was kind of strange, and I—I uh, I mean, strange in a way of you know her her performance. And I don't know too mm-hmm. many princesses or in ja- how they're portrayed in Japanese cinema. I know that she grew mm-hmm. up as a tomboy. That's how she's represented mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, right. but, but her stance, her posture, mm-hmm. the way she mm-hmm. talks—I just found yeah. it really off. Uh, yeah, little. It it, not, it 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 wasn't it wasn't normal, but then yeah. But then I don't know. I, don't, I can't judge it against anything. It just it just seemed weird. Yeah, n- neither can I. But what I'm going back to the child metaphor here. I imagine that's how a child would pretend to be a princess. Like, but she's this not. This is though, how right? I'm going. To, what's that? I mean, she's not though. She's pretending to be something. I mean, well, she's a tomboy and she's. But the way she's talking, like I imagine, this is how children would act to be. Oh, you mean in the presence of the other? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the 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 like the general and uh, yeah, yeah. The, other, the the guy from I the will, This is how I will do things. This is what mm. I will say. Blah blah blah. You know, it was yeah. very. Uh, and I think maybe it was a directorial choice uh, be with along with collaboration with the actress because she uh, i think she was supposed to be 16 years old oh right so right so you know it's at, at that age um, 
maybe you are you gotta fake it until you make it kind of thing mm-hmm. like you even if you don't feel like you're strong enough or you have the capacity to do it you have to put on airs right and um but i don't think she's ever shown in a condescending way so no that's true you're right uh, yeah no i don't think so either no i just found I, it a little uh unsettling no not un- unsettling just 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 weird the the, yeah, the I th- manner you know the what? mannerisms hmm. and the way I think she spoke. it was kind of yeah, I think it was her character was in a way very two-dimensional. Mm. She, you know, it was fun to watch her, but there wasn't much depth, really. I didn't really feel like I was watching a really good actress. Uh, she might, but I think these were all choices, though. Right. Definite, like, deliberate choices um, to show who this person was. Right. But I mean, yeah, so I, I partially agree with you on those points that you're making there. Um, wh- what did you think of Mifume, Mifune as the as the lead samurai guy? Uh, I thought he was a, you know, I, I laughed a few times when he was mm-hmm. shouting and it's very like a caricature of, of mm-hmm. a samurai, you know, he's just mm-hmm. very... I know early on I thought well this guy clearly doesn't belong in this situation mm-hmm. here I think something's going on it's like either a mm-hmm. ronin or <laughs> but he's yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. giving off vibes of someone who is definitely not a peasant he's not a farmer he's 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 he's, he's, he's you know handling himself with mm-hmm. a lot of gravitas and he speaks right, in right. a powerful voice mm-hmm. so the fact that these two peasants had no idea who they were talking to just you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> made me made me wonder their 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 intellect but about their yeah, intellect yeah. but but um but no i like i liked him yeah. i thought he was i thought he was a good character what what did you think of him yeah i thought he was incredibly charismatic on screen mm. and very fun to watch and um really gave the the impression that he knew how to handle people and he understood people's character really well so he knew that from right from the beginning, he could just walk into those peasants' campsite in the middle of the night and just take charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, and, and we we realized later that he was gonna, you know, he was gonna kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. I think it was like, like thinking it over in his mind about whether yeah, just to kill like, them. Should I just <laughs> cut their heads off? Yeah. Maybe I can. Have, I have use for these. No, I, I could use these. I could use yeah. these two idiots. <laughs> yeah, and like you see how powerful he is when they try to fight him, and he just picks the both of them up and throws him into a river. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like... <laughs> yeah, right, that's uh, that's a pretty funny scene. I mean, the, and that's why, like the the, although you mentioned like the they had nefarious goals in in trying to attack the princess at first. They never get past their their plans. Never get past beyond the thinking out phase. They always get cut off as far as trying to do something that's negative in any way or or dark dark sided. So I always thought of them as being rather innocuous. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a different world where they were the strong men, 
they would be terrible people to be around. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but in that world where they're the meek, they somehow can be of use to the strong in some ways. And then they're, you know, they're acceptable human beings right. for the time period that they exist in. Uh, just, just to go back onto another point, I, I don't know. I had this thought that, you know, the peasants' clothing... <laughs> I know no one's probably going to agree with me, but I think this should be the next clothing line for the AKB48 because of the the frayed halter top that he was wearing. (laughs) It just looked like you just go for the barbarian look because the amount of clothing that they were wearing was far less, sorry, than than most of the the girl groups that, that exist now. Like the guys, they were practically wearing like these cloth diapers. It, mm. It's just like I could see how that could be fashioned into a mini skirt and be like considered like Jedi chic or something like that. It would be kind of fun to see that develop into another another reality because, you know, exile, you know, the exile group, you know, that guy group. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I'm well, sorry. I don't, I'm think other, I don't think listeners would know about AKB48 either. Yeah, a- AKB48. They're just a bunch of girls who jump up and down. You can watch them on YouTube, and <laughs> uh, but uh, Exile is another guy group, and they're like there's like 50 dudes, and they all have like specific styles. Like I, I saw one one photo. They were wearing dark sunglasses, and then like this fur coat with no shirt, and it just seemed like like a very Conan Barbarian type of uh, inspiration. So I was wondering like if they could somehow hone hone in on those old movies, those old period piece movies and develop clothing lines for the new pop singers of the day. I think that would be pretty fun. Yeah, I'd love to see girls wear like peasant clothing and <laughs> uh, kind of arousing when, when I'm trying to think about it. It's just that they don't have exactly have the the perfect models in the in in this movie, but that's that's what I was constantly. I was like, God, there's not a lot of clothes being worn by these dudes. It's just so funny to me. You know, that was further most further thing from my mind. I couldn't. <laughs> I never thought about it until you bring it up. You bring it up, and I wasn't hung up on that at all. I was just like, Oh, these are just peasants. I mean, what else? What else would peasants wear? I mean, they're not gonna. Yeah. All their clothing is gonna be ragged. It's gonna be tattered. It's going to be, you know, torn to shreds just through the daily usage and just covering well, up the would, privates, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I was just impressed by, you know, the, the halter top the guy was wearing. I mean, oh, yeah. It didn't wear down anymore. <laughs> that, that thing with the frayed <laughs> edges around. It was like, why are you wearing that? You're not a girl. <laughs> I mean, he's, a peasant. he's a peasant, so that's all he has. Like, his shirt has been cut up to his chest area. <laughs> just covering his yeah. breasts i don't know if he needs to yeah. cover his breasts in this case but he did a good job i mean the clothing did a good job of that protected him from the elements in that area yeah no i well uh now you've given me a lot to think about <laughs> <laughs> did you ever imagine that you would be talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never thought no. I'd be. I'd, I could imagine talking about <laughs> these guys. Uh, they, uh, the clothing, the clothing that they wore, and it could also be moving. But that is, yeah, yeah that's a good, good observation. <laughs> you mentioned Jedi. Well, you, you mentioned Jedi. Uh-huh. You weren't talking, yeah. we were talking about Star Wars, were you? Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you talking? The Jedi. About? Yeah, the Jedi. yeah. So. 
Jedi. So this goes back. The Jedi comes from the type of movies that were made back in the 50s and 60s where there was called the, the Gendai Geki, which means the uh, modern day movie. And the Jedi Geki. Jedi means period. So the period piece. Mm. So Jedi is what George Lucas turned into Jedi in Star Wars. So that that's a pretty interesting change. I mean, it's almost the same exact thing. I think it's basically the reason why it's not Jedi is because he probably heard Jedi. Yeah. When yeah, yeah when he was learning about Japanese cinema. Uh that's what I imagine. I have no idea, but I I mean that that kind of connection I think is pretty fun to hear. Mm. It's an interesting uh thing to hear. Well, you know, talk just uh Adding to what you're talking about, clothing and uh, and aesthetics, mm. mm-hmm. I thought that the princess had some of the most amazing eyebrows I've seen committed on, <laughs> committed to film. Now Those we're are some fucking wonderful, here. wonderful eyebrows. <laughs> They're the most now, amazing eyebrows I've ever fucking seen. They got to bring that of, back. They'd, yeah, they, they. I mean, <laughs> a lot of women would kill to have those eyebrows. I mean. All the cosmetics that go into uh, perfectly formed eyebrows these days. I have those. Powerful, powerful eyebrows. Powerful eyebrows. That's probably what made her a princess. Yeah. That's a dead giveaway, though. Yeah, yeah. If that's the case. (laughs) The eyebrows. Look at her. (laughs) If you want to fit in, you got to, like, shave it (laughs) off. You better shave those eyebrows and paint them in. Yeah. I guess they couldn't paint them in. They didn't have the money to do that. Uh, But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say that they almost confused her for for a woman later on when they go to that little village and that guy asks how much she's mm-hmm. she's worth, you know? I mean, how much do, do they want to sell her for? Mm-hmm. So I guess they weren't so... She wasn't so much of a princess in, in, in his eyes, just uh, mm-hmm. a prostitute. Uh-huh. Yeah. A prostitute wannabe. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, th- this that time period. I mean, that's probably reflective of the time period and how people viewed women, or in society, if they mm. were out and about alone. Yeah, I mean, well, we're talking about the 1600s. That's the 1600s, I guess, or no, the 1500s, because it's before the Edo period, so it's not mm-hmm. yet that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you? What did you think about the action scenes? Did you enjoy them? Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. Um, you know the op- you know their that slave revolt was uh-huh. pretty impressive. The stairs mm-hmm. and how they're running down the stairs and people are falling down and you've got uh, hundreds of extras. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Mm. Um, but one action scene that made me kind of laugh was mm-hmm. when he's on the horse, mm-hmm. when the general is, uh, they get snuffed out by these, by these Japanese soldiers mm. and, and then he gets on a horse and he tries to run them down right. with his, with his katana and, uh, and it looked like the scene was just shot from a stationary camera and it uh-huh. just showed 
them running back. You know, I could just imagine them filming it where where uh-huh. they where they go from one one end to the other, and then they've got yeah, to do it yeah, again yeah, yeah. over and yeah, over yeah. and over because right, it just showed right, the right. same <laughs> the shape. It yeah. looked like the same footage. <laughs> right. I know it wasn't yeah, very because similar. there were like different things different things happening, mm. but I know what he was trying to do. But I kind of laughed. I was like, oh, well, you know, he's he did his best there. Um, and I know it's not fair to judge it like that, but that was what I was thinking uh, at the time. Wow. I like, mean, I have completely different opinion about that. I thought that was amazing editing and yeah. amazing work with what they had. Yeah. Like yeah, all the yeah. panning, the, the tracking shots, and then going back to the, the horse hoofs moving repetitively and then going back to the set shot and watching Mufune on the horse, like, doing that stunt where he's not even do it. He's not holding on to anything. He's just moving down the trail. And then the cuts, I, I really was impressed by all of the, the editing in those scenes. I thought that was really, really well done. Uh, that was probably one of the most enjoyable parts of the movie for me. That those, oh, really? those that, that editing sequence in that, in that one section. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the, also the sword, the sword work when they were fighting each other. The I jewel? Those things too. Yeah. It like, I thought it dragged on far too long. Again, I'm bringing 2020 sensibilities to a, to an old classic movie. I just thought it was drawn mm. out for so long. And I, do, I, I know there was, there was some tension, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought it overstayed its welcome in my mind. Oh, wow. I mean, I have complete opposite opinion about it. I thought that it, built the tension perfectly and the the slow walking around and then going into that scene where the the cloth is wrapped around in like a maze and they have to find each other i thought all of that stuff was just so fun and creative to watch well i think that was my favorite scene i mean i'm not i'm not say i mean that was i want to be clear about it i mean the the, Mm -hmm. the scene where he him and uh was it makabe and uh the, the other general, Ta, Tarokoro, mm-hmm. when they face off and mm. uh, and when Makabe wins the duel and walks away, giving him a smile mm. All right. in front of his man. And, and yeah, that was, that had some emotional impact on me. That, that, mm. that, that affected me. I thought, yeah, well, that's, that's pretty cool. I like, I, right. I love that. I love that scene. But I just thought the, mm. the overall duel itself just went on for far too long. Ah, uh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, yeah, it's good that we have good differing opinions. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's there you go. Again, it's a subjective. Way. You know, movie watching is yeah. completely subjective. Yeah. Totally. Is there any? Are there any ce- other scenes you want to talk about? Uh well, let me talk about my favorite scenes. I've already given one okay. of them. My favorite scene was when he out duels when he wins that duel mm-hmm. against Tarokoro. And then he leaves him with a little smile on his face, and the the moment when they're cap when they are captured. In fact, that whole sequence leading up to that capture mm-hmm. was pretty intense. Right, right. I don't know too many other movies I've seen where the tension is ratcheted up to such a degree. You actually mm. really felt concern for mm. for these characters. Right, um, right. So that was pretty good. Um, and I can, I mean, if I'm going to nitpick, you know, there are a few times when they're, when they, when they hide behind branches and, uh, you can see the cuts, you know, when the, when they fire, when you see like the, 
the bullets going off and then there's uh-huh. cuts which shows them uh-huh. getting up from from behind a branch mm. but that's i mean that's nothing though compared to the overall leading up to the overall cap, uh, moment when they're mm. captured mm. and and when i you know when you see the other guy um tarokoro who's just seething with anger mm. and then you get that shot there's like the that wide shot of 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 them the farmer's daughter the princess and you see uh makabe mm-hmm. and then you see the back of uh, of tarokoro mm-hmm. and then and and the princess starts singing that song which they which she remembers from the festival mm-hmm. earlier on i mean those that's just fucking fantastic filmmaking right i, loved, yeah. I just love that um yeah, so so those were, I guess, some of the the some of my favorite scenes, mm. uh, and of course, the end, the end mm-hmm. where we start the movie with the two peasants, we end with the two peasants, mm. and the the two peasants finally learn how to share. Right. You're gonna so that's share. The, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's what you learn. I mean, that's the basic uh, takeaway from the movie for me. You gotta you gotta mm. share. Yeah, <laughs> you just gotta share, okay? Learn how to share. Yeah, very, very, and, and that I think that wraps around to what I was thinking about the, the childlike innocuousness of of those two characters. That basically they have to learn what children learn, right? Yeah. By the time they're they finish elementary school. Um, what what were your yeah. favorite scenes? I. I mean, some of the I really enjoyed the scene that you mentioned. Uh, that that scene where they're they're hiding and they're trying to, you know, escape it in that big uh, open ground. They don't have much to hide behind or anything. Right. It's, uh, I I really enjoyed that scene, and I also enjoyed the scene like the 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 silly scene at the beginning where Mifune. Mifune's character is telling them, "Okay, we're, I'm going to take you to this place," and he disappears. And then they they spend ten minutes or however long climbing up this long steep hill of like just complete futility. And you just know as they're going up this hill that it's not possible that that's the correct way. But they are just they they have no other recourse, so they just keep going up and up and up. And the stones just keep going down, rolling down the hill as they're forcing themselves way up. And you just know by the time they get up to the top that their leader is going to be at the bottom, <laughs> mm. staring up at them. So I kind of I, I really enjoyed that whole process of waiting for them to come to their this the reality that they didn't need to do what they just did. Just that whole futility uh i i enjoyed watching that um again the the fight scenes and that battle scene i enjoyed uh so those those are pretty much the scenes that i enjoyed watching good any uh any gripes no, I've shared a lot no. of gripes. This yeah, whole, I mean, this I, whole yeah. episode I've been talking. I don't. I think the majority I've just been spent just bitching. 
bitching, yeah. moaning, complaining about this and that about this movie. <laughs> I want to hear you, bitch. You give me, give me a bitch. Come on, I can't be alone here. You gotta have something that you okay. didn't like. Okay. Um, let's see here. I mean, it, well, I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast that I couldn't really follow what anyone was saying. <laughs> so oh, I come did on. Have to well, that's it. not a fun of the movie. You just didn't have subtitles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't have subtitles. So I don't know. I, I didn't really have anything to complain about the movie. I just enjoyed watching it. I thought it was uh, a fun, rollicking ride that, um, you know, was an example of its time and also an example of what Kurosawa can do. This shows his range of movie making. Uh, going from deep, somber movies to lighthearted, fair for family viewing, I think. Uh, I, I didn't really... I mean, maybe the, the very end when the, the th they, they watch the peasants walk off and they're on that stage-like temple ground. But I, I don't... That's I'm just making shit up now. I mean, I don't really. You're just struggling any. to find a fault. Well, I don't yeah, want yeah, you to yeah. have to make up like fucking <laughs> deliberately make up like shit. I didn't like the fact that they made the movie. <laughs> Why wasn't it in color? Why wasn't it in color? That's a, that's another thing. I thought the I I rented it off of YouTube and I thought it was fucking amazing looking. God damn, it looked good. Mm, I mean, mm. it was just so it looked so crisp. So goddamn crisp. Um, yeah, I I can't say that I have anything negative to say about it. All right, favorite character. I would have to say uh, Mifune's character. I enjoyed Mifune him very much. was Makabe, the general. Yeah, Gen the general. Yeah I, yeah, yeah. I really liked him. I liked him for his charisma and his overall presence on the screen. Mm. I, I think he can't be beat. Uh, what about you? The farmer's daughter. Yeah. You did? Uh, can you tell me a little bit more? Why? Well, she takes it upon herself to protect the princess. She finds mm -hmm. out third hand. I actually thought it was going to go the other way. I thought she was mm -hmm. going to tell authorities about uh -huh. the fact that she's, she's been with the princess. As soon as, soon as she heard about it, I thought uh -huh. she'd, her self-preservation would... Um, you know the the desire motivation to protect yourself and your family would come first but um but no she fully doubled down on protecting the princess mm. and it was quite a nice uh, character arc for me i liked her little right. character arc and how even uh when those two peasants are trying to what looks like rape <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rape yeah, the yeah. princess well she yeah. just stares b between them with a holding a fucking boulder above her right. head yeah yeah yeah, to, yeah, yeah. That, yeah threatening to 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 cave their heads and i thought that's amazing i love this i love this girl yeah and and then at the and when you know i already mentioned that scene when they're mm -hmm. captured tied mm -hmm. to those posts and mm -hmm. she's crying not for her mm -hmm. own life, yeah. but for the fact that she failed her princess. Right. And it's yeah, just this is a good it's point, amazing. So. I think she's a great yeah. it's a great character. I like yeah. I liked her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm glad you mentioned those things. When I, I watched it earlier in the week and I take notes and things like that, but there's certain things that just slip out of my mind. 
Well, particularly you have your wife it. like yeah. trying to translate shit yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, You're okay. bound to what, miss what stuff that? in the movie. Yeah, yeah, my God. <laughs> but I do have memories of the, the rock scene. That was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, the, those... Um, yeah, I actually, I, I would say I agree with you on that point. That was a really interesting character. I mean, I the the favorite the the two favorite characters would be her and also the the other general Tadokuro. Oh, okay. He, uh, yeah, he made a, an about turn, which I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he did? Why do you think he just suddenly? went against everything beforehand when he was enraged he was incensed he was he had so much fury for the fact that his friend didn't end his life at the end of that duel and then what made what do you think was the catalyst that made him uh you know tell his tell everyone um you know, when he was fighting them, he's like, oh, please. What was it? Oh, I should have written it down. But he says something like, as soon as he jumps, before he jumps on the horse to to ride away, he says something like, uh, forgive, forgive this. Oh, he says, forgive this traitor. Mm-hmm. Forgive this traitor. And he gets on, his, gets on his horse and rides. You know, I can only speculate that he just respected what uh, Mifune's character was all about. And he just realized that all the tribulations and trials that they had gone through deserve some sort of reward in the end. I think it was the princess. Yeah? I think it was what she said to him. She said... She said something along the lines of, listen, you... You have no idea what Makabe did for you. He spared your life. and, um, And then she sings that song which mm-hmm. he also sings, right? Mm-hmm. He sings to himself. He sings the same song. So right. I think she had a huge impact on his thinking and his outlook. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's enough to justify <laughs> to justify I mean, that you know, roundabout. As you were like, saying it, I mean, w- what really popped into my mind is like they needed a way to get, get out of the scene and end the movie. You know, (laughs) 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 just like, hey, you know, it's a movie. They need to get out. What do you think? Oh, he just doesn't have about face and then they can go through. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a shitty movie if they if she just got her head removed at the end. And that's (laughs) it. And the peasants get gold. The peasants get the gold. So the peasants are the winners at the end. Well, they still win. But I mean, yeah. 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 um, That's a good question. Maybe a listener can do better than I can to help you along with this this mm. answer. Perhaps perhaps um, a listener can watch it and actually uh, have subtitles or or be a native yeah, Japanese. Yeah, subtitles or or not be obsessed <laughs> with the clothing choices of peasants. I don't know. <laughs> okay, not, not have it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, was that? Oh, uh, and I yeah, not go. Don't not talk about uh, peasants' clothing for twenty minutes, uh, <laughs> and how it could be a, a new clothing line in pop culture fashion. Anyway, yes. What's a what kind of writing system are we going to um, use for this one? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, we should use the boulders that the farmer girl had. 
that she was going to use the hurt with. Okay. Uh, so how many boulders would you give? Out of five? Yeah. I am going to... I'm. St- you know what? This is... A this is a great movie for 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 its time, and mm-hmm. I cannot not give this a fucking perfect score. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. despite my gripes, you got to put you got to put those gripes to one side because it doesn't truly accurately um, depict what this movie is. This. Mm-hmm has influenced people for a reason and there are some moments which i just told you about um Mm -hmm. which are still as impactful today as i'm sure they were back in yeah over 60 years ago so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm going to give it five boulders five out Mm -hmm. of five boulders yeah i'm going to give it five out of five as well that's a big surprise yeah i i just have (laughs) Uh, enjoyable. Hey, you can you can do all the back talk you want, but uh, I I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and um, I look forward to watching it with subtitles someday. <laughs> I'm glad that I, I gl- I'm glad that I spent less time watching this than I'm sure you did. You probably spent twice as long watching this movie <laughs> than I did. <laughs> probably, uh, yeah, I, Sunday night. Just uh, turned it on. Oh, Sunday afternoon we watched it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I hope everyone enjoyed our little discussion about yeah. this uh, classic Japanese movie. We'll be we'll be back again soon. 